0: Love Talk Radio. Who is January Jones? She is not a young, beautiful, talented actress on Mad Men. She is not an older, gorgeous, exotic dancer from the Johnny Carson Show. She is an author, and she wrote, Thou Shall Not Wine, the 11th Commandment, that reached number one at Amazon.com. She is a reality TV golf personality with World High Stakes Golf televised on HDNet. She is a humorist and winologist expert. She is your featured host today on January Jones Sharing Success Stories. So sit back, relax, and get ready to laugh and listen to Ms. Jones with her eclectic roster of guests as you learn life's lessons. These stories plus sharing equals success. Welcome, and remember, beware, because you are entering the no-whining world of January Jones.
1: Hello. Welcome. I'm January Jones, and this is my co-host. Her name is Ginger Rail. And she's our five-month-old puppy, and she's here to help me with my podcast. She'll be back at the closing, too, so you can say goodbye to her then. Now let me ask you a question. Would you like to learn more about what it's like to be a success in your golden years? Well, How about any years? It doesn't necessarily have to be golden. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to create your very own success stories? Do you wish you could meet someone who has actually created success stories for many other people? Are you ready to make some big changes in your life and learn some very helpful lessons? If you can answer yes or maybe to any of the questions I've asked, then you are in the right place. And I would like to welcome you to January Jones Sharing Success Stories. So now it's time to sit back, relax, go get some cheese and crackers, get some wine, and now you can join me in the No Wine Zone. So Let me tell you a little bit about my guest today. He has a B.S. in business management from Penn State University and an MBA from LaSalle University in international business management and his Ph.D. in entrepreneurship from Baylor University. These are pretty impressive credentials, aren't they? My guest is a multinational Inc. 5,000 company CEO He's a top 360 entrepreneur in USA, number 57, according to Entrepreneur Magazine. Two-time best-selling author. He is the CEO and founder of Lead Up, Learning Breaks and Success HQ. It's my pleasure. Welcome to the show today, Miles Miller. Hi, Miles. How are you doing today, dear?
2: Oh, I'm doing great, January, and it's great to see you and be with you and have this time together to share. I miss Ginger Ale, though. I thought she was going to be interviewing me as well. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> but we're working on getting her potty trained. Oh, well,
2: I understand. A five-month-old puppy probably needs that. I understand. So
1: her airtime is really quite limited at this yeah, stage. but Very much
2: like a baby would be. Yeah.
1: <laughs> She'll be doing more as the season goes on. You know, uh, it's been so long since I've seen you. I'm so happy to have you back with us on the show. Tell me a little bit about what's your life been like during this pandemic that we've gone through? I know it's been a very difficult time, a lot of adjustments for so many people. Give us a little run through of what you've been through.
2: Well, um, I'm I'm sure like many of your listeners and those of us, uh, those who are watching us as well, uh, the pandemic has created a lot of challenges, both personally and professionally. Personally, I, I lost my dad during the pandemic uh, back in January of 2020. I'm sure some of your listeners and, and those who are viewing have lost family members and friends. Um, I had a, a good friend who uh, was around my age, was on the brink and in the hospital, and we weren't sure he was going to make it, but uh through a lot of prayer and faith and hope, uh, he pulled through, and he's doing really, really well back to full-time work, and we're glad to have him back with us. So, so there have been, uh, you know, from a personal perspective, there have been challenges, uh, and some uh, worked out, and some unfortunately did not work out. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad did pass away uh, and back in 2020. So, uh, but professionally, uh, it was an interesting and still is an interesting time with the mm-hmm. pandemic. And and um, we were able to find new avenues and also new clients uh, that we hadn't discovered before uh-huh. because of the need uh, for them to do a lot of the training that we do is online or on site. And there was a, grow and a growth and demand for online training, because a lot of people, of course, were remote January, they weren't okay. back in place. But a lot of the companies we work with said, well, we, we don't want to eliminate training, we want to pursue training, but we know we can't do it in person. So
0: mm-hmm. remote
2: was was an option. And and that actually helped us uh, to grow. And I and I, I say that with all uh, consideration and sincerity, because I know there was a lot of devastation to Mm -hmm. people's lives and certainly to people's businesses. So I don't take for granted the fact that we were blessed to have an opportunity to to grow in our business in the midst of what was a very challenging and still is for many people, a very challenging time with the pandemic that we've all faced.
1: Mm. We've all been through so much. I'm sorry uh, about your loss of your father. Did he, passed from COVID or was it other?
2: It was a very interesting time. Uh, my mother um, contracted dementia and in 2020, and um, we had to put her into a, an assisted care facility because my dad was at the age where he couldn't care for her. My parents or my mother was in uh, her and still is. She's living uh, in, in her late 80s. My dad had turned 90. Uh, and just wasn't able to care for her, and mm-hmm. uh, and, and it was a, a series of cataclysmic events for us personally as a family. Once she went into assisted living, my dad was by himself, and um, and he fell, um, and and had to go into the hospital, and unfortunately, never came out of the hospital, and we believe he either contracted COVID. Uh, when he was in the hospital or what have you, but he never got to return home and he passed away in the hospital. Uh, my folks live out in Arizona. I'm in Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. uh, we had to do a lot of uh, and my sister who lives in Virginia. So we were my, my my sibling and I are on the East Coast. My parents had mm-hmm. retired to Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, so we were doing a lot of traveling back and forth to work through all those family details. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, we got, that was probably a long winded answer to your question. But well, uh, yeah, we, it was COVID that uh, that's what's on the death certificate. So that's what yeah,
1: the- absolutely, and it's a, it's a very um, similar story that I've heard before. Mm-hmm. From other guests and yeah. most families have been going through this in the entire country. You know, when you read the paper and you see over a million people, right. it's staggering. Yeah. And especially for people who are in their late 80s and 90s, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. just a death sentence. The reality, it's very hard to recover from this. Um, you know, I, usually start off by asking where your success story began. And of course, now that you've told us about your wonderful uh, parents, tell us a little bit about where they raised you and what it was like growing up. And did you grow up in a small town?
2: Uh, well, I actually grew up in the very same town that I live in today. That doesn't mean I haven't been around the world and seen a lot of amazing <laughs> sights and got out, <laughs> you know, from the local town. But yeah. uh, I am still a local resident here in Harrisburg, PA. I've moved around within the city. Um, I, I, in the last year or so, I actually sold my home and uh, moved into a, a very nice apartment a complex downtown in the city. Um, But I've always been a lifelong resident of where I live here in central PA and in the Harrisburg area because um, I like its close proximity to Mm -hmm. a lot of major cities without being in those major cities. Nothing wrong with those major cities. Love visiting them like Mm -hmm. New York and Philly and Baltimore and D.C. and what have you, all within very easy driving distance of where I am. Sure. Uh, and very easy to get to, and, and and this is something I always say, and not everybody's a fan, but I like the fact that in Pennsylvania we get four seasons. Not every <laughs> not every state can say that they they have four seasons, but they're not necessarily four real seasons, you know. What I mean? <laughs> so. Yeah, so I love that I love that aspect but uh, I I grew up here uh, I have ex, uh, because of living here as long as I have I'm approaching 60 next year uh my mm-hmm. network has become very vast both business wise professional wise personal wise uh and the interesting thing is I graduated from my local high school here uh, Susquehanna Township I'll give a shout out to them uh in 81 and a lot of our graduating class surprisingly is all still in the area and 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 i i look at all our storylines and we must have been a very blessed graduating class because i am in a an amazing elite group of people that all came from the same graduating class there are doctors lawyers um that those you might expect but there are entrepreneurs like myself um mm-hmm. some are billionaires i'm not in that class quite yet but <laughs> uh but they're all still here in the area they're practicing and doing what they love to do as a career uh, many of them have gone on to hold corporate positions in various uh, large companies in our area some mm-hmm. as i said are running their own companies and doing extremely well but they stayed in the area and uh and so did i so, uh, you know, I started out here locally uh, in the area. Um, <laughs> my first job was delivering newspapers back <laughs> in the day. Back in the day when kids could do that. They can't do that anymore. Uh, and I remember as a 12-year-old uh, getting up at 3 a.m. in the morning. That's unheard of for a 12-year-old probably. Yeah. well. And, and going down to the corner uh, of my street and picking up my newspapers that had been dropped off there and, and going around to about 100 or so customers and dropping off their newspapers before I went to school uh, every day. I did that until I was almost 16 years old
1: so obviously you were taught very young that uh thou shalt not whine yes which is a lead-in
2: there you <laughs> go
1: to a commercial about my book that reached number one at amazon.com
2: congratulations i love that book by the way i have a copy in my library it's awesome january <laughs> great yes in fact i even-
0: Lately, there's a whining epidemic in our world. People are even whining about whining. Are you sick and tired of listening to everyone whining all the time? So was January Jones, the author of Thou Shall Not Whine, the 11th commandment that reached number one at Amazon.com. Ms. Jones based her book on a survey of the top 10 things that people whine about at all ages and all stages of life. January is a success coach that can tell you how to help others. When you buy Thou Shalt Not Whine, the 11th Commandment, you'll find out what people whine about and how to stop them from whining. This is the perfect gift book to give or get for any occasion.
1: Welcome back to the No Wine Zone with my guest, Miles Miller, who is definitely not a whiner, he <laughs> is a true winner. His company's growth and impact have been profiled in a Princeton University doctorate research study that labeled what he has done around the world as the creation and perpetuation of multiple global microeconomies. Quite an accomplishment, Miles. And before we go on, just share a little bit of your contact information, your website, and how people can get a hold of you if they would like to meet you and work with you
2: sure absolutely thank you for that january yes uh the easiest way to get a hold of me there are two main ways and they may not be the typical ways that people people will get in touch with me uh but because of the nature of what i do day in and day out these are the best ways uh email by far is the best way and i'll give you my personal email because i believe and that's how i like to connect with people even on a professional level Uh, Mm -hmm. It's Miller665 at Verizon.net. That's very easy to remember. My last name and then 665 at Verizon.net. And then the other way, and and I'm going to publish this uh, here as well, is by texting me on my phone. Don't call me because I typically will not answer the phone in the middle of the day because I'm typically doing training or meeting or great things like this podcast with you, January. Mm -hmm. Um, So. Call me, but don't call me. Text me at 717-329-7073. You can definitely go out to the websites, but if you want to get to me directly, uh, those are the best ways to do it and the quickest ways to do it as well.
1: Okay. And then, Miles, when we go on our next break, be sure to type that information into the chat column, and that way our listeners will be able to copy it and contact you.
2: Glad to do it.
1: Okay. Now, when did you discover, after you did your paper route, when did you discover what you really, truly wanted to do with your life? Did that come better?
2: Yeah, it took a little while to get to that point, because I originally thought um, when I was coming out of school in the early 80s, technology was just beginning to, to grow and advance at at, at pretty much a, a rapid rate. It had been around for decades before, but it all of a sudden was growing at, at leaps and bounds, and I thought coming out of school, I'd become a programmer get involved in programming and coding and all that, which we still need today, of course. Uh, And I started out doing some of that for about 90 days. Um, And and the reason I remember that so clearly (laughs) is because I remember day in and day out sitting at a screen back then it was a green screen. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, it was not very exciting to look at, not the graphics (laughs) we have today And, and writing code and thinking this cannot be my life uh, <laughs> you know and 12 hours and I, I have no disrespect if we have any coders out there because we need them and they're amazing and they're creative and they're very intelligent and very capable people
1: mm-hmm. but i knew
2: that i did not want to do that sitting at a computer for 10 or 12 hours a day writing code uh not not my cup of tea
0: so mm-hmm.
2: i decided okay um I'm gonna to move to managing the projects and let those who are really good at technology do the technology and I'll just manage the budget, I'll mm-hmm. manage the timeline, I'll manage the scope of the project, be a, what is typically referred to as a project manager. And that's what, how that I transitioned into doing project management, always in technology projects, but always for a variety of different industries. Okay. And I did that for almost three decades before I decided to start my own company.
1: Okay, wow, that's so you were very experienced when you started your own company. How exciting and how scary was that? May I ask?:
2: Extremely. Um, <laughs> extremely there were There were fits and starts along the way before I eventually started my own company after leaving the last corporate job, somewhere in between all of those corporate or consulting jobs or contract jobs that I had. Um, I tried everything. I sold vacuum cleaners. I sold hearing aids. I sold insurance, none of them. And, and there were a few other things that probably shouldn't even go down this road um, and, and tried to sell all these things always for other people with the expectation that this would become the, you know, the, the career in my future. Not that I didn't like project management. I loved it, but I wanted to be independent I wanted to work for myself, and all those avenues that I tried to pursue—whether it was insurance, or hearing aids, or vacuum cleaners, or whatever—they uh, were all to make money. You know, I would get some of it, but it was mostly to make money for other people. Other people I, sure. I, and and I really wasn't making my own path or, or going and doing what I truly wanted to be doing. So, interestingly enough, the last employer I had had as part of their severance package a career transition coach. Now, I had never knew about this role, but this is a role people actually do. And uh, part of my package uh, in the severance package was to meet with this person every two weeks to help me figure out what should Miles do next, right? Yes, (laughs) and and in fact, in the first book I published uh, called Against the Grain, I actually wrote about him. His name is Joe. Joe, and I think Joe has since retired now, but... Joe, uh, every two weeks, I'd meet with Joe, and we would talk about what I should do next, and Joe would say to me, Miles, you can keep doing what you're doing. People love you. You're great at your job. He was talking about project management. They'll pay you, you know, And but that's not what you want to do. You want to start your own company. You want to be the leader of a company. They're not going to hire you to be the CEO of the company. They're just not, mm-hmm. um, but he said, you definitely want to start your own company, and he, and he was right. Now, I have to place this in time, January. This is 2008. And oh, if any you. of your listeners or those viewing this can remember, 2008 that was year. a major economic downturn in our country. And Joe's telling me. In fall of 2008, Miles, go start your new company. Oh,
1: yeah.
2: Yes. So uh, after many months of prompting, and, and believe me, I didn't rush out after that first meeting or even the second, or I think mm-hmm. even the fourth or fifth and just go. But his continual prompting and his belief in me that I could do it, and I, I think this is necessary for anyone sometimes to get over that hurdle of doing something that they maybe have thought about doing, but haven't really pursued it. Um, His prompting is what I think got me started on that path. So January of 2009 uh, was the beginning of the first company.
1: Wow. You know, and just a question to ask you, because I read your impressive academic achievements. And while you were going through this process with Joe, were you at that time still going to school? Did you do school at night? Or how did you fit all this in?
2: Right. Well, um, the bachelor's degree was, was uh, previously done back in the 80s. The master's came in the 90s. So I was not uh, from an educational uh, arc, if you will. I wasn't one of those that just went degree, 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 degree. Okay, now I'm done. I got all my degrees. I actually spaced out my academia between working mm-hmm. jobs, working for corporate. Um, the only time I ever got a degree on campus was the Penn State a bachelor's degree everything else that followed that was all done online uh, oh, which okay. which we all have the capability of doing these days yeah. so uh, the master's degree came that way and then I, I didn't get my PhD till much later in life actually just um, let's see uh, five years ago
1: oh, so, okay. yeah. Yeah. so yeah so
2: and that wasn't even part of the mix of when I started the company I, I hadn't achieved that yet but I uh, because of being an entrepreneur and, and discovering that there were doctorate degrees out there in entrepreneurship, I, I began to look into that, and one thing led to another, and I pursued the program at Baylor. Once again, Baylor being in Texas, myself in Pennsylvania, I never darkened their doorstep, but they, you know, <laughs> I did all the work online and, and provided my thesis and what have you, and now I have
1: that. That's an incredible part of your success story, and I'm so glad we can share it with our listeners, because this is something anyone can yes. do, yes. and yes. it's something that's available to all of us. And it doesn't matter when or how old you are, mm-hmm. when you take advantage of these opportunities, right. the important thing is, as you said, to keep going and keep trying and doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, we're going to hear a little bit about who killed Kennedy And who do you think had the money, the motive, and the means to commit the perfect crime of the last century? We'll be back with Miles after this brief break.
0: Let me ask you a question. Are you still wondering who killed Kennedy? Over 50 years later, the assassination is still a mystery. It is unfinished business for our country now get ready for a theory that you've never heard before but will make more sense than any other conspiracy theory that you've ever heard in the past january jones speaks the unspeakable in her book jackie ari and jack the tragic love triangle connecting jackie and aristotle Onassis romantically prior to jfk's assassination did you know that ari was jackie's guest in the white house during the jfk funeral He was the only non-family member who was invited by Jackie to stay there during the funeral. Aristotle Onassis was one of the wealthiest men in the world, with the means, the motive, and the money to order an assassination that was the perfect crime of the last century. Ari needed class, and Jackie needed cash. They were perfect for each other. Now, what is Camelot? It is but another tragic love triangle. Jackie, Ari, and Jack is available at JanuaryJones.com, Amazon.com, and Audiobooks.com, read by Ms. Jones.
1: Welcome back with my wonderful guest, Miles Miller. He has over 30 years' experience in the project management field across multiple industries, including retail, defense, state, and federal government international countries, and hospitality. During his varied career, he has led projects and programs impacting the United States and countries abroad, ranging in budgetary size from 100K to 500B in leading teams of over 10,000 members at a time. Your arc of accomplishment is incredible. And share with us what you are most proud of
2: january i i think what i'm most proud of is the fact and and this has been true for many years of my career and and into my my running of my company as well um i'm most proud of that i get to live out my daily mantra every day which is to make an impact in one person's life every day that lasts them a lifetime And and being able to have done that uh, when I was back in my, my project management career, working with teams of people and being able to take ideas and turn them into reality that would impact lives all around the world. I've worked on projects that that people are still using today. Millions of people around the world are using Millions of people in this country are using, Uh, but they were ideas that uh, were initially thought of by some people on my team, others who were not on my team, but we had to make them into a reality. And to look back on those is, is something that I always think of because those projects and the outcomes of those are still impacting people today. And now what I do with my companies and the help of others who are part of these companies is we're, make, we're impacting lives every day. We're mm-hmm. teaching people new skills. We're teaching them how to improve their skills. We're making them more successful. We might be changing their mindset as far as, okay, I've reached this plateau in my life. How can I go further? Uh, we're able to help them do that. So lives are being changed. And as I said before, if I can just do that in one life every mm-hmm. day, uh, I feel that I'm living out my purpose on this planet, and that's why I get up in the morning.
1: Okay. Okay. So now my next question is a, a two-part question, mm-hmm. and it starts with: What is the best compliment that you've ever gotten in your career, and what's an insult that you were our most proud of gotten?
2: <laughs> yeah. they almost the answer to both of them is almost <laughs> the same thing, January. Because
0: okay.
2: yeah, um, people who know me well will often say that I am brutally honest now really? that can to to someone that can be an insult i don't see it that way uh but but some people have often told me you you cut through all the pardon my French BS and you yes. get to the truth of the matter. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I do because I often, and I, earlier today, I was with a group of eighth grade students at a local middle school here. And I was sharing about the need for a resume and why they should have one. And they're okay. just, you know, they're, they're at the cusp of 14. So they could probably go get a job this summer and maybe mm-hmm. they need a resume. Maybe they don't, but mm-hmm. I was telling them that once again, I told them I'm brutally honest and I was upfront with them and, and, uh, so to answer your two-part question,
1: mm-hmm. uh,
2: one of the compliments I've often received is, Miles, we love the fact that you just cut through all the, quote-unquote, BS and tell it like it is. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and the other times that people have criticized me or, quote-unquote, tried to insult me, they said, you just, you- you're brutally honest. And and if I haven't introduced to them that I'm going to be, uh, they yeah. pick up on it pretty quickly. So there you <laughs> go. <laughs> I, I said to the students today, I said, there's no reason to sugarcoat stuff. And I told the students, I was very candid with them. I said, people are going to do that all your life. They could be friends. They could be family or what have you. And, and, and they have good intentions. I mean, no disrespect to them. But if you want to know the truth, if you want to deal with life honestly and, and upfront, and, and really be able to handle situations and problems, you you got you to gotta get to the, the the core of the matter, if you will, and, and just felt it like it's going to be.
1: Well, I've known you for many years, and you've been featured in my books. And mm-hmm. I, I can attest to the fact that you always get down to the nitty-gritty, yep. <laughs> whether it's painful or pleasant. It <laughs> needs to be done, and you're yeah. an expert at that. Now, if you're speaking to young people in mm-hmm. the middle school, yeah. looking at this, what advice would you give 18 years old Miles Miller, if you ah, could speak to him right now.
2: Yeah. Um, first, my, my advice would be, one, believe that you can do anything. Okay. And second, and second don't get in your way of accomplishing what you want to do. And what I mean by that is uh, don't second guess yourself. And, and early in my life, I did that a lot. I thought... Ah, uh, no, maybe I should do this. Maybe I shouldn't do that. And sometimes I would be in the pattern very early in my life of talking myself out of things. And okay. I actually now teach the concept of talk yourself into things, not out right. of things. Okay. Uh, so that would be some of the advice I would give my younger self. Because growing up, and I'll be very candid with you and your listeners, January, I had low self-esteem. I really did. I, I was not a person that thought I was going to be able to accomplish things. I didn't think that I could achieve uh, any level of success on my own or with the help of others. Um, and it took a lot of mentors and a lot of different people coming alongside of me over the years to convince me that. Uh, I had skills, I had abilities, I had capabilities, and I could really make a difference. So, um, you know, I, I want to encourage all your listeners, if you are, like I was, a person of low self-esteem, mm-hmm. there is a way, and it might take other people in your life to help you do this, but make sure you surround yourself with the right kind of people, of course, to, to build you up. make yes. you. Go ahead.
1: And that goes right along with, you know, my mantra was, if you think it, you can do it. Yes. And I think we've talked about this before when you've been on the show many times, how important it is mm-hmm. to seek out mentors, people that can build you up, mm-hmm. show you the way. And I know you're so good at this. And this is why you enjoy your work so much, isn't yeah. it?
2: Well, it is. And it's interesting that you say that, because even today, with one of these students, you know, I had them in small groups. Uh, One of the students asked me in the class, as I was just getting started, before we even started talking about resumes, they asked me, they said, you know, um, I want to get into this particular field. I think they wanted to be in, like, video game designing, which I thought was really cool. And and they asked me, and I'm not an expert in that field by any stretch of the imagination, uh, but they asked me, what should I do? I said, well, here's what I would give you, and this is the same advice that was given me. If you want to be good at something, or you want to get into a certain field or career, look at people who are already doing it. And, and see who's doing it and see if you can read about them and see how they got started because that really was the student's question. How do I get started in this particular business or in this industry or in this career? And I mm-hmm. said, well, look at people who are already doing it and have been successful at it. Read about them, read their bios, read their autobiographies, read whatever articles you can find on that and then see if you can find out how to get in touch with them. And then I told this young lady, I said, if you're bold and brave and I, t- I gave her a kind to this challenge, I said, Uh reach out to them and ask them if they would give you, and this is what I tell adults to do too, ask them if they'll give you 15 minutes of their time so that you can ask and explore with them. Uh, You know what they've done, how they got started, and what have you. And I will, and I told her this, and I found this to be true as well. It's rare that people will say no to that request if you're if you're you know you're honest and what have you. So that that's what I did for this uh, young girl, and she. I have no doubt is going to do that. I have no mm-hmm. doubt. She was like, I saw her light up she, because no one had given her like, how do I get started? How do I do this? And they okay, yeah. give her just these little pieces of information, and hopefully she can run with that and make make something happen.
1: And and you can see the light bulb go okay. on.
2: Okay. And okay. It's,
1: and it's a very seductive thing to compliment someone by asking for their help and their advice. And as you as you said. No one could say no to that. That's very difficult to turn Well, they can
2: try, but I've always found January the magic number is 15 minutes. And i even told the young lady today in class, I said, don't ask for an hour. They don't have an hour. They're not no. going to give you an hour. But 15 minutes is a number that people can wrap their mind around because they're like, yeah, I could probably do 15 minutes, right? And, and so it works.
1: Fifteen minutes, right there. That's great advice. Right now, we're going to hear about some amazing people who have been on my show, amazing people that I've written about. And that means you, Miles Miller.
2: (laughs) I see my picture there.
1: (laughs) You're featured. The next spot is about priceless personalities, who have all been guests on my show through the years. And these are people I enjoy sharing with you. Have you ever met someone who was unforgettable? Someone who has touched your heart and soul? People who have faced difficult problems? People who have struggled to find solutions? People who fearlessly shared their stories? People who have not only informed you, but inspired you? People who have priceless personalities? I have been fortunate to host an internet radio talk show called January Jones Sharing Success Stories, and it has been my privilege to interview hundreds of guests. My guests have shared their stories, their struggles, their secrets, and their successes in their own words. In this book, we're talking about people dealing with problems such as incest, molestation, runaway kids, child abuse, drug abuse, polygamy, unemployment, Welcome back with one of my very favorite Priceless personalities, Miles Miller. Miles, now, let me ask you a question. If you could have dinner with any famous person, living or deceased, besides me, (laughs) <laughs> Who
2: would you, <laughs> you would be near the top of my list, January, no doubt about it. And, and and I that question is great, but I'm always feeling limited by it because I'm like, I can only have one? Oh my gosh. Really? Oh, so give
1: me, I'll give you two. Oh, oh my
2: gosh. All right. Well now now that's really but well, that helps. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna say Jesus because Everything I've read, everything I've studied, everything that I believe—a um, mm-hmm. lot of a lot of that is founded on on uh, the belief system that I have—and uh, I just think that would be really interesting to to mm-hmm. be able to meet him in person. But if I could add a second, that would be more current, uh, and and this person is always on my mind for a variety of reasons. It would be Martin, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. I would love mm-hmm. to pick his brain, and especially in the current times we are, where racism is still rampant and there are still challenges for so many people, and I'm an old white guy, but I I see it still even uh, of all different races and what have you, and I'm thinking his, his wisdom and his drive and his ambition and his love for all people. Uh, mm-hmm. is still needed today. And I would love to pick his brain uh, and have time and conversation with him to say, what should we do now? Um, yeah. He started so much uh, decades ago that has made some progress, but so much more is needed.
1: Now, so Absolutely. And having lived through the 60s as mm-hmm. we did, he was such a, a beacon of hope yes. at the time. And we yes. thought it was all going to be so much better. But now as we go on, yes. we, need, we need more hope. And we actually need more help. We need help with people like him and people like you telling us what we need to do and how this can be accomplished. Because it has to be accomplished. Otherwise, what is our destiny? There's nothing ahead if we can't solve these racial inequalities and these prejudices. Um, Going to another question. When you look at your own life, who is the most memorable person you have ever personally met in your own life?
2: Hmm. that's a great question. There have been many um, and as I look back over my life, you know I could dro- I could do some name dropping, but I'm not going to do that here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, But there are are so many people whose names your listeners would know who have crossed my path uh, in a variety of ways. But one of the people that they probably won't know um, that uh, was most impactful for my life was and still is a mentor of mine. Um, his name is Bob um, Sellis. Uh, Bob is uh, a retired now entrepreneur, a very successful entrepreneur in our area. Uh-huh. And many years ago, I met him at a coffee shop and we struck up a conversation. Uh, we were both waiting for other people to show up for an appointment. We'd like to meet in coffee shops and meet people there for various conversations. And we got to know each other and over the course of many years and still today, he has been a mentor for me in helping me to have clarity. Um, I am one of these people who is a visionary, if you will. I can see where I want to go, uh, but sometimes I need help filling in the details, right? I, I have, I'm have. i a dreamer. Uh, I'll admit that <laughs> to you and everyone here, January. I'm a dreamer. Um, and sometimes, and I always use this analogy, I am the helium filled balloon that has a string. But I (laughs) need people in my life who will hold that string and not let me drift away (laughs) on my visionary path, because sometimes that could be disastrous. So I need to put people on that string, yeah, reel reel me in occasionally and say, okay, great idea, but but let's talk about how that might work or how you're going to get there. And he is one of those people, um, I'm sure not all your listeners, probably maybe any of your listeners have ever met him, But to this day, he has been a profound influence on me so that I have been able to pursue paths of success um, that possibly if I hadn't listened to his advice and his candor, and once again, he's brutally honest with me like I am often with other people. Uh, he's often looked at me and said, Miles, that's crazy. You don't want to do that. So <laughs> I appreciate his candor and his honesty, and, and he's kept me that proverbial string, if you will, uh, on my balloon from from flying off into the distance. And, and oh. doing something crazy.
1: Well, you know? it sounds like he's a wonderful uh, guide. He is. He's definitely someone to help you with your uh, reality check yes. ever yes. so often. Now, um what would you I, – I know you don't ever plan on retiring. That's nope. a silly question. To even I love ask what would I do. You.
2: Why would I retire? <laughs>
1: <laughs> do you have any regret or anything that you wish you could redo if you had the chance?
2: Oh, my. Yes, yes. There, when, when I was younger, January, and I'm going back to my 20s and 30s, uh-huh. It would be realistic, and I probably was behind my back labeled as a angry young man, because uh-huh. I was. I was uh-huh. one of those men growing up, uh, and I call it even growing up in my 20s and 30s, because I think I was still trying to grow up, um, that thought the world owed me something. That uh-huh. thought that things that didn't go my way was somebody else's fault, that I had no It wasn't me that had made that happen, right? Um, And once again, this is where I believe mentors and coaches need to come into your life and set you straight because Mm -hmm. I'm glad people did that. Otherwise, I would have been on this trajectory and who knows where I would have ended up. But I always thought back then that when things happened to me and things didn't go my way, that was somebody, somebody else had done that. It wasn't because of how I had acted or what I had said or what I did or did not do. Uh, And it took some maturity and it took some learning and it took some mentoring and coaching from other people to teach me that you need to change the way you think about things the world is not out to get you the world is not against you per se there are people that may not want to see you succeed but there are equally people out there that do want you to succeed and make sure you're surrounding yourself with those kind of people and not listening to the naysayers and all the negative speakers out there that want to pull you down you want to find the people want to help build you up and build you up in a positive way um, and tell you what you need to do and what you don't need to do and and really encourage you to to be all that you can and possibly could be. Mm
1: -hmm. Yes, that's great advice. And uh, going back to what we've talked about earlier, the importance of positive mentors Mm -hmm. and the importance of being able, I think, uh, to be able to sit down and to actually listen. Sometimes we're in a world so filled with so much chaos (laughs) that people don't realize how important it is to just be quiet and listen and take in what you can. And I hope it's been so wonderful having you on the show today. And I hope my listeners have all been able to actually listen. (laughs) to you, because you have wonderful advice that you've shared with us today. Also, uh, Miles shared with everyone his information, his contact information, his text number. All of that is on the screen as we're speaking. Uh, To all my dear listeners, I hope you've enjoyed our time together today with Miles. I certainly have enjoyed having him back with us. We have tried to be informative, and we have tried to inspire. My upcoming guests will all be eclectic, exciting, and energizing, just like Miles. Next Tuesday Live at 2 p.m. Eastern, I'll be looking forward to welcoming my dear friend, and she will be sharing her success story at humorous Bobby White, and she is also featured in Priceless Personalities be sure to sign on to my website januaryjones.com now my 70 year old thought for the day (laughs) (laughs) sit down for this one miles you're gonna love it (laughs) my thought for the day is sometimes the universe puts you in the same situation again and again just to see if you're still a dumbass So for now, everyone, thank you for entering the no-wine zone. And please share our stories and our shows with everyone you know. And remember, you need to stop whining and start smiling. And if that doesn't work, then you can just start eating chocolate, lots and lots of chocolate. Take care and stay safe until we meet again. And I would like to have my co-host, Ginger Ale, say goodbye to everyone (laughs) and take care.
0: We want to thank you for listening to January Jones Sharing Success Story. Always remember Ms. Jones' personal mantra, if you can think it, you can do it. That's what all of our guests have done with their lives, and so can you. You are the ultimate success coach in your own life.